All right, we are back with an instant reaction podcast. Miami 20, Virginia Tech 14. The Hurricanes end a three-game losing streak, um, which is big. Uh, uh, David Lake joined by Gabby Urrutia, as always. Um, Gabby, looked like Miami was uh, on its way to a blowout win. That's not how it played out in the second half. Uh, but let's start with the positive, right? And, and let's start with offense. I think, again, we saw Tyler Van Dyke excel in this new tweaked Josh Gaddis offense, throws for 351 and two touchdowns. He was good all game long. Um, in addition to that, Gabby, I think it was a big positive that Miami started fast. They got... Virginia Tech on their heels a little bit, which I think was important to somewhat uh, get the crowd element out of the game. Now, I do think they made their presence felt with some frustrating procedure penalties at times with the offensive line. Uh, but Virginia Tech had no momentum at all through the first three quarters. Um, Colby Young stepped up 110 yards. That's highly encouraging. Richard Smith is stepping up, which I think is a very good sign as well. Um, but yeah, Gabby, offensively, let's keep it positive here to start. There's, we'll, we'll discuss the negative. Um, but what did you make of the performance on offense today? Clearly, the game plan was was kind of come in and chuck it around. Yeah, um, you know, I thought that for, especially in that first half, you know, I think we saw a lot of positives with the offense. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke kind of coming out, you know, spinning it around the yard. Colby Young kind of emerging as as kind of a, a potential go-to guy for him. It's, it felt like he was looking his way a lot. You know, he made some some big-time plays, some plays that, you know, some other guys hadn't really been able to make that, you know, kind of that playmaker type of go-to target that Miami's kind of been searching for. It feels like they may have that in Colby Young. I mean, that touchdown catch he made, um, you know, I guess, well, I guess the only one that he had on the day, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big time catch. He had the, you know, kind of brought it in with one hand, the first catch he had early in the game. Uh, that's a big time play downfield. So yeah, a lot to be, you know, ex you know, happy about to be, uh, optimistic about with Colby Young and Tyler Van Dyke and that connection. Uh, I thought, you know, while Will Mallory was in the game, he was, you know, kind yeah. of a mismatch for that Virginia tech defense. Uh, we thought that, you know, I know, I know you thought about it. You, you, you mentioned it in the in the pregame pod that Will Mallory would be is kind of like a guy for you, kind of a key matchup that you liked. And, you know, I think that Miami did a really good job exploiting that. I thought the the off, I think again, that first half, the offense was was kind of rolling. I think that second touchdown drive that they had, I guess to make it, I guess it was to make it 17. I thought that drive might have been the best offensive drive we've seen from Miami this season. I mean, I thought it was just really productive. It was kind of creative the way they kind of used Jakari Brown in that short yardage package to pick up nine yards. They end up scoring later in the drive. Um, I thought that that was a really, really awesome drive. I thought that was kind of, you know, Miami at its best there. Lucia Stanley had that nice jump cut, David, that we were messaging back and forth about. Uh, that was really nice. Uh, so, you know, again, I think there was a lot to be encouraged about when they kind of got rolling. And yeah, they did stall. But, uh, you know, when it kind of got going, it seemed fun. It seemed like something that, you know, they can kind of build off of. Yeah, I think it's important too to provide the context of what Miami's offense was dealing with in this game. So, you know, pregame, it was clear that 
some starters, plenty of starters were going to be out for today's game. Uh, most notably, I think was running back Henry Parrish did not play. Don't know the reason yet for that. Don't know if, if Mario Cristobal addressed that after the game at all. Um, but yes, that was a significant blow on the offensive line. Uh, you know, Ja'Kai Clark, the starting center out and justice all was shown out. Uh, so a lot of mix, a lot of shifting duties on the offensive line. And, um, you know, I think we saw the impact that made with the penalties. Um, and with Henry being out, I think we, I'm, I'm very much into Gabby. Like what, what do the coaches tell us without telling us by the way they call a game or handle certain situations? And I think, you know, in the second half, especially in that fourth quarter, when it was time to run the ball, I think they told us, yeah, we, we don't necessarily believe our offensive line is the best run blocking offensive line right now. And on top of that, Gabby, I think they told us like, for instance, with a Jalen Knighton who, you know, just a week prior had a significant fumble in the fourth quarter. I think they're telling us, yeah, I don't know if we can necessarily trust Jalen Knighton to uh, put the game away here in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, we did have to see Lucius Stanley, which I think is crazy, but that's where we're at right now with this running back depth. Um, and, you know, on top of all those injuries, Mike Redding's out. We already knew Xavier Restrepo's out. We already knew Jacoby George is out. Uh, Will Mallory went down in the second quarter. He was on his way to having a big game. So I do think, and also too, I think Virginia Tech adjusted at halftime defensively. I think they understood like, okay, Miami wants to throw the ball today. We're going to have to make some adjustments defensively. And those adjustments worked. This is why, like, I mean, Miami doesn't want to be pass happy like this. And I agree with that. But at the same time, you have to do what's best for the personnel you have to win the game. And while it's ugly and it has you biting your nails in the fourth quarter, um, this is what Miami has to do offensively to try and win football games. So I do give the staff credit for that, for making these adjustments, because you know, throwing the ball 50 times in a game is just not something Mario Cristobal or Josh Gaddis wants to do. And so I am encouraged that this coaching staff is willing to do whatever, whatever, whatever it takes to win games. And you mentioned Jakari Brown. To me, that's another example of like, yeah. wow, this staff went deep into its depth chart. You know, Miami's been horrific in short yardage situations. They throw their true freshman on the field who's athletic, can run. He ran for 4,000 yards and 50 touchdowns at the high school level, and he kept the chains moving. I wanted, I, I meant to go back and look if they scored on both of those conversions on those drives. Um, but regardless, kept the chains moving and they found some success there. And, and so, yes. I would have liked to have seen them run the ball more in the fourth quarter, but at the same time, I understand why they didn't. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, no, I mean, this is a team that has to throw the ball. I mean, I feel like, again, it's just kind of you have to play to the strengths. I mean, the running game the last two weeks has been has been terrible. You know, again, I feel like we talked about it on the on the pregame pod also like, you know, Pitt ran, Pitt ran for 326. Like, that's not something that Miami is going to do. You know, like, I didn't think that Miami was going to come in here and run for, you know, all these yards. I was I hope that they could. I think they ended up with what how, how with how many rushing yards, like 150. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, I mean, for what this offense is right now, I mean, I think that that's about, you know, what you can expect from these guys. You're not going to have one of these dominant rushing performances. And if Tyler Van Dyke, you know, continues to kind of take those, you know, steps back to kind of reverting to the 2021 version where we saw, which I think, you know, there's reason to be optimistic that he is doing that. Yes, I uh, think you know, Yeah, I mean, you got to you gotta kind of lean on your guy. And again, like what you said, David, just kind of echoing that they don't want to be this. Like, this is not what they want to be. I think that was obvious early in the season with the way that they were calling plays. But you kind of got to do whatever it is that you got to do to win. And if that's leaning on your quarterback, that's leaning on your quarterback. And some of these receivers are stepping up, making some plays. It wasn't perfect. I think Frank Ladson dropped one in the first half that, you know, if he catches that maybe yeah. is, a, is another touchdown. Um, so, you know, they're still kind of working their way through some things, but I do feel like the, th- the passing game is the way that Miami is going to have to operate here until they can figure something out with the run game. Maybe they get some of these guys back, uh, they get fully healthy, whatever the case may be. And again, without your running back one, without, you know, some guys yeah. on the offensive line, all if those I'm, things, considering all that, I think it came out fine. Miami's just not a deep team and right. most college football teams are not deep. And if I tell you. Like, if I took away every team in the country's best wide receiver, best running back, best tight end, three starting offensive linemen, because, you know, they're also without Zion Nelson right now, um, I think a lot of teams would struggle to score points in that situation, if that makes sense. I'm not absolving the poor showing in the second half but I do think it is explainable. I do think it's worth remembering uh, they are dealing with some tough issues right now in terms of injuries and depth and all that stuff. Uh, Anything else? Well, before we go to defense, Colby Young, um, what do you make of it? Because look, I think it's great. He's emerging as a guy. And I think Tyler because we saw this last year with Charleston Rambo, right? When Tyler yeah. believes in a guy, he's going to target him nonstop. Yeah. And so I like that he is emerging on the outside as that type of guy. Um, but I'm curious, like, what do you think the ceiling is for Colby? Because I, I think it's clear that he's definitely a guy that needs to be a starter for Miami. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, do you think he's special? Yeah, I feel like I don't I don't know yet, right? I mean, I yeah. feel like he he's going to I mean, he wasn't a part of team scouting reports before. It was never like find 88 on the field. Uh right. you know, I think that's something. I mean, M- Mike Elko is a is a defensive-minded guy. I mean, Duke's going to come in here and I think they're going to be like, "Hey, we need to, you know, that 6 foot 5, 220 pounds receiver. Yeah, we need to find him and we need to find, kind of identify you know know where he is at all times, kind of make things difficult for him." So, I'm curious how teams sort of adjust to him because I think now, you know, word is right. out on Colby Young. Uh he's no longer the secret that it's like, "Oh, where's this kid been for four games?" Um, you know, he's going to be a part of the scouting report. So, I'm curious how it so how 
he kind of performs from this point on. So I think we're, I think the best way to just put that is to be determined, right? I do think he can potentially be special. I do think David, like what you said, it's obvious that Tyler Van Dyke trusts him because I think like we saw with Rambo last year, like it was just when he finds his guy, he finds his guy. Right. I mean, right. it's it's kind of like, it's tough to hide it. So it seemed, I think it's clear to me that that is someone that Tyler Van Dyke plans to lean on. Um, but I am still kind of, I'm up, you know, again, I'm hopeful that he is going to be, you know, he could potentially be a wide receiver one type, but I need, we're going to have to see it over the course of the rest of the year. Now that teams are going to start game planning for him and, you know, kind of factoring him into, you know, those defensive game plans. And this emergence is interesting. You know, I, I think it's like, if, if I'm a fan, I'm wondering like, like, where is this coming from? Like, why, why hasn't he been playing this whole time, et cetera, et cetera. I'll say this in terms of like what we saw at fall camp, uh, what we heard from the scrimmages during fall camp, um, you know, Colby wasn't necessarily doing these types of things in those settings. And, And also too, just what we saw with our own two eyes, it wasn't like, you know, extremely impressive, I think is the best way to say it. It wasn't like bad, but it wasn't like, like he wasn't popping. Like, oh, wow, this guy needs to play more. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I think it's super fair. I think, again, I think when we when he kind of came in, it's like, oh, you know, Juco guy. I think he put up, he had some pretty strong Juco numbers, but it was never like, you know, I see this guy, you know, being a day one starter or anything like that. I don't think anyone around, anyone in the program believed that. Uh, but, you know, I guess now that he's being acclimated, you know, definitely figuring yeah. it out. But yeah, throughout fall camp or, you know, even like early the practices, when, you know, the little we did get to watch, it was never like, oh, Colby Young. I mean, you saw the size, you saw the frame, right. and it was like, oh, maybe this kid could be something, but not like what we're seeing now with the way he's making some of these contested catches and, uh, you know, just coming down with balls that it doesn't seem like anyone else on the roster can make. I mean, he, his 110 yards today, I mean, he became the first receiver that's active on this roster that's gone for over 100 yards against a Power 5 opponent. I mean, I think that's pretty telling about what the room looks like, but also that you know, wouldn't have pegged Colby Young as the as the first guy to crack that uh, for Miami this season. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think the point is within that is like the trajectory he's on is what makes this interesting because yeah. he's taking off at a rapid pace. We'll see, you know, where things start to level off. I'm, I'm curious how that how this journey goes for Colby the rest of the year. Um, but it is highly encouraging that an outside receiver is emerging in that regard. Yeah. Defensively, um, excellent through three quarters. Yep. You know, I think Virginia Tech's offense is really bad. Um, but Miami's Miami did its job. I will say this. I I want to give a shout out to DJ Ivy's helmet early in the game <laughs> for forcing a I think it was a key fumble, man, because uh I it looked like you know, in real time, it looked like Avante Williams was having a little coverage bust on that play. Uh, DJ Ivy pops it out. I think with his helmet, Avante recovers the fumble. Um, and then after that, you know, Miami's defense really just settled into the game and choked him out. D-line was dominant. Akeem Mesador, three eight tackles, three and a half sacks, um, just whipping them all day long on the, on the line of scrimmage. I thought, too... Corey Flagg played well. Keontre Smith played well. Um, I think for the most part, you know, Caleb Smith was quiet. I think that's due to the coverage primarily from Daryl Porter, but also DJ Ivy. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, the safeties didn't really give up any, any busts, which is a big step forward. And I think in general, like this is the style of play that will work best for Miami's defense, especially when the opposing quarterback is not athletic. So, you know, I think it's Miami needs to play two safeties back, but the times where that's going to be a little dicey is when they face a quarterback that can burn you with his legs too. Grant Wells isn't that dude. So today it worked out and, you know, in the fourth quarter, I mean, it's, it's really hard to shut modern day college offenses out for an entire game. Virginia tech made a little bit of a game there in the fourth quarter. Um, but overall 14 points, 200. And I don't even know, cause the stats still haven't updated, but less than 300 yards of offense. Um, that's an excellent day overall, the totality of the game for the Miami defense. Yeah. I mean, again, I mean, through three quarters, it really felt like, I mean, this was just kind of a dominant defensive performance. Um, I mean, the way the defensive line got after it, I mean, I thought Daryl Jackson was, was really, really good too. Um, you know, I think a lot of, I mean, you mentioned Corey flag. I mean, they, they just kind of got after it, right? Like it felt like they were the more dominant defense. I mean, I felt like they were the, you know, talented enough to do exactly what it is that they did, you know? So I think that that was just kind of a, a strong performance from them. Obviously it got a little dicey there at the end, but, uh, you know, I think you, sh you, you see the flashes, uh, from this defense that, you know, show you that it could be, you know, really disruptive and make things really, really complicated. Right. I think that we, that that's what we hope to see from them coming into it. I think that they delivered. I mean, a key Mesador just like, wow. Yep. Like I, I thought, I thought he was just unbelievable in that game. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, no real, no real, real gripes. Uh, Vontae Williams nearly, I mean, talk about no bust nearly had a bust. Yeah. Um, just I kind mean, we're of seeing, we're seeing why Avante isn't playing a yeah. significant role, honestly, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it became obvious in that. Cause I mean, if that guy catches the ball, I mean, that's an explosive potential right. touchdown, uh, for Virginia tech. I think, I mean, I think Virginia tech, you know, really kind of shot themselves in the foot a few times yeah drops you know different things like that um you know i do think miami kind of you know got lucky i mean did they did get lucky at times but you know again with the pressure all those things again i feel like you know they're taking steps forward uh you know generating those pressures making things making things uncomfortable for grant wells i think they did a great job of of doing all those types of things all right so and also too before we get out of here uh lou headley excellent game pinning him deep all game long yeah, I mean that Virginia Tech offense is not built to go no 80 yards consistently. Yeah. So that was huge by Lou. Um and he pinned him deeper than that the majority of the game. So yeah. um you know, look, I think we said this in the preview pod. Miami just needed a win. Yeah. They got that done. Two more winnable games, extremely winnable games on the schedule here coming up in the month of October. Duke and Virginia. And then you'll see where the chips fall against Florida state. If you handle business yep. these next two weeks. So um, hopefully Miami can get healthy here sooner rather than later. I think though, if, if guys do come back healthy, Miami's depth is going to be a strength then. Right. Yep. So uh, got the win 20 to 14. We'll end it there. Did not cover. Again. Ah, uh, that's true. It was what seven? Yeah. It was seven. And the under. 
I don't think I'm taking Miami to cover again this year as favorites. <laughs> Just it's... wait. We'll see. I don't know, man. I feel like I can't do it anymore. <laughs> can't do it anymore. Bet against Miami for free money. Well, the bottom line is don't bet. Or don't bet. <laughs> well, we said it. We wouldn't bet this game. And I think it's fair. I mean, look, six points. Right. I mean, just Vegas, just geniuses. Yep. We'll leave it at that. Until next time, take care.